In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit tecovis.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and don't go gently, y'all. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Oh, here we go, boys. Go. Ooh, I love that sound. This is a good one. Focusing on biology and bird nerdy shit. I kind of... That kind of got my brain racking a little bit, just like, uh, how do you pick hunting equipment? Like, what do you buy next? Because I feel like people, I hear people saying stuff along the lines of like, next year I want to get 40 dozen silhouettes. And uh, I feel like there's so, so much of the, of the mind state of, of what somebody is anticipating or, or saving for, or wants to get, isn't necessarily something that's going to be an effective tool for them. It's, it's something that a, like a salesman convinced them they needed, you know? Right. Oh, for sure. And a, a ton of it is, I wouldn't say peer pressure, but it's definitely following the crowd. Yeah. Um, the regional, the regional yeah. trends. And I think like, the silhouette decoys are a perfect example of that. Yeah. That's why I brought them up because I've had, some awesome hunts over like 25 of them you know or 35 of them and in fact like i feel like silhouettes there gets to be a point where if you use too many of them that is detrimental i think so i mean this could be completely anecdotal but i had some negative opinions of them this last fall and i think it's just i think it's kind of chasing the trends around i think geese get accustomed to trends really fast and so many people ran out and bought skinnies and are running them you know because you can get five dozen relatively cheap everybody's running five dozen so if you're running a five yeah if you're running a five dozen skinny spread like the geese the geese have seen it you know and i don't think it takes them very long to to start changing their behavior Um, so if you really want to be good you know, I think have more success is like, it's almost like whatever the trend is, don't do that. You know, (laughs) do something different. Well, the trend is a trend for a reason because it's oftentimes successful, right? But usually by the time it, the trend hits the masses, it's, it's not, you know, it's like the people that were doing this, were doing it last year. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like where you're getting like success rates and like, let's just say hypothetically like 70%. Now all of a sudden, it, you know, every year it's going forty percent. 
30, yeah, you know. I, I could tell you this coming fall, I'm going to be less inclined to put any any silhouette decoys out. I'm, and there's a trend, like, I guess the, what brings the silhouette thing especially to mind is down south. Like, when I first hunted Oklahoma, we did, like, a 45-bird shoot, my first ever hunt in, o- in OK. And uh, we ran, like, 10 dozen Bigfoots and I think probably, like, two dozen Avery Snows mixed in. And now, like, the spreads just got bigger and bigger. Right. And next thing you know, like, we're setting out, like, fifth. It's like we're snow goose hunting for dark geese, like, these little lessers. And we're shooting 20 and 30. Right, yeah. You know, like, like yep. that's, the effort isn't being matched. And um, and then I think about, like, well, fuck, we're doing pretty good with 10 dozen Bigfoots. Um, and I think there's, like, going to – just sticking, I guess, with the silhouettes here. When you use – 50 silhouettes it looks it looks pretty darn close to 50 geese you know feeding in a field or 30 silhouettes it looks close to 30 geese feeding in a field when you use 1200 silhouettes <laughs> you are not it does not look like as close to realistic as what 1200 geese look like right so you're starting to you're starting to stray away from how realistic you actually look you're sacrificing your realistic appearance for uh, the abundance shock factor or whatever of right. the decoy The drawing spread. power. And I think that, in my opinion, for the last three or four or five years, people have been way overdoing it on decoys, on lessers down south. And their their hunts are, are paying for it. Their, their, kill, their kill success is paying for it. Well, I'm but people it. see I'm... other people doing it, and then they, I got to do it. And then it's bigger and yeah. bigger and bigger. Yeah. But but you're actually chasing, you're chasing yourself uh, each other to the bottom of the barrel. Well, I'm seeing it even in the spring snow goose hunts, like the big giant spreads that are super spread out. You know, you got 10, 12 feet in between the decoys to try to fill as much as that field as possible, make the spread look as big as possible. I usually end up shrinking it and I end up running this really densely packed spread, and they seem and that seems to kill more birds lately. So it's like, how, <laughs> it's like, well, okay, of, I don't need to put out 1,500 decoys anymore. Speaking of snow goose hunting, the, the one trend that just boggles my mind that is, is so insanely popular to this day, the fucking donut. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. I <laughs> if know, these snow geese I, I are know. fucking 20 years old and people say, oh, how many decoy spreads have they seen? Leave, I don't know, but 90% of them the have been fucking zone. donuts. Right. They've seen a lot of decoy spreads. They've seen fucking donuts for 90% of them for all their 20 years of life. So what are you going to do tomorrow? We're setting a donut. Yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm seeing the best success coming out of a modified rice spread like it's it's i stretch it out usually like east to west and it's pretty dense where i want the birds it's where i put the sound most of the motion is where i you know is where that's my landing zone and then yeah i i adjust it as needed or i just if we're out of chairs then i just move chairs where i need to as far as when the wind changes and and whatnot but um yeah and i kind of got onto that by by default because birds were hitting the edge of decoys and just climbing straight up or going around so i just kept pulling in decoys tighter and tighter and tighter till i had this just like narrow you know i guess like like i said it looks like a piece of rice you know it tapers on the ends a little fatter in the middle no landing zone no nothing and then then we started shooting birds 
they're attracted to it they're attracted to it and by the time they figure it out it's like oh there's too late right yep Yep. you're like they're fucked what i did notice this year is that there was a few days where i wish i would have been in the decoys and not so much on the edge because on legit migrator days where they decoy com- right to that fucking center. Right, where they're coming down from the heavens. They're not approaching it downwind. You know, they're coming yeah, straight yeah. down right into the middle of the center. And they're not, they, like, flaring isn't a part of their game right. plan. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. like, when those wings locked and they're a quarter mile in the air, they're not beating again. Right, but they, when, when like, you're running like, I have stopped traffic, beating my wings. Yeah, when you're running traffic on birds that are in the area, maybe you got a couple different feeds going on, and they're coming at, you know, they're coming in, and it's just so frustrating because they, they hit your field, and they're like, oh, my God, these ones are on the deck. This is going to be so greasy. And then as soon as they, then it's, whoop, elevator up. You know, like, what are you? Dude, they were scraping their bellies on corn stalks. What the hell? Yeah, and as soon as they see, oh, that isn't, that's a decoy. We're going to go up and get a good look, and then we're going to leave. So, yeah, you got to get them before they elevator up. Just don't give them an opportunity to hit that elevator button. So the, those giant, you know, 1,500, 2,000 spreads, they're just, they're not needed. I mean, maybe they're great for migration day, but... I don't even know how great they are for that. I when I don't know when you on migration day, you just got to be in the area birds are planning on putting on the brakes, right? And be the first spread that's going to murder them. You know, there's you know, there's always spreads from top to bottom. It's like, why do they pick the one that they finally? You know, it's it's probably a combination of a lot of things. How long they've been flying what particular track that person is playing that day? Like, who knows? You know what I mean? Like, what what? goes on in that little pea-sized brain that actually goes, yep, this one. And then they just go to it with reckless abandon, and it's almost like you can't screw it up. Like, they just... Right. They've picked your field, you got lucky. That's <laughs> kind of what it comes down to. So how do you, like, I think I've, I've got an advantage when it comes to talking about, like, stuff like this because I'm not a decoy salesman. I'm not a, I'm not a anything salesman. I'm not a, I'm not a pro staffer for anybody, so when I say something, I feel like at the time, I believe that's the best advice I could give, you know? So like when somebody says, I want to buy 40 dozen silhouettes, like, well, just start with four dozen, man. You, you'll be fine. Just, I don't need to sell you 200 dozen. If I was selling silhouettes, I'd tell you to buy 300 dozen. Right. (laughs) Right. Uh, Right. (laughs) Um, uh, when I'm, when I'm picking waterfall gear, I am always looking for what is going to expand my opportunities. And I'm not into selling shit. I I don't consider selling equipment and to buy new stuff as upgrading. I call that sacrificing. Like I've now gotten rid of a tool for a different tool. I have sacrificed a tool. Right, right. So I like to have every tool. So like, okay, looking at my tool set that I have, what what do I need to do to um, to this toolbox? that's going to result in me having more opportunities or maybe just an easier life next year. Well, my easier life next year is probably just not going to be running as many decoys. I'd rather pick up a few more really good realistic ones, maybe not quite um, DSD level because I just don't have that kind of money. Um, but they got a financing program, by the way. <laughs> oh my god! Of course <laughs> they do. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> they get on that payment plan. Oh, dude, here's I'm gonna cut you off because I've got a gripe about people who mess. I get messages all the time about DSDs. 
and then okay when somebody says i've been thinking about getting a small dsd spread maybe four dozen a four dozen d you know what i mean or three dozen that's a ginormous fucking DSD spread. <laughs> so a, don't call a, that a small DSD. That's small, not a small spread. That's, that's a, a small, small fortune. That's a small spread in comparison to a different tool that you use. Right. Yeah. We, we sure. can't compare these two tools because there's no reason for anybody to buy more than 40 DSDs. If you have 40 DSDs, you have an enormous DSD spread. That's not your small spread. <laughs> in, an empty, in an empty bank account. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, I, and you know like if you're if you have more than 40 of them you're just buying them to jack off to them you know yeah for sure and i mean I've I, got again i'm not pro staffed by any <laughs> decoy company at all either but the the fully flocked avians i mean i think they look pretty damn good i mean i don't are they DSDs? i think all decoys look no, pretty damn good these days for the you know and they're not cheap but they're more of a mid value if you're considering how much dsds are okay so how would you pick what full body to buy if it, let's just say you're an average consumer dsds are not in your picture but you would like to start upgrading and building your spread what are the things you look for in a decoy uh like a full body that you would consider saying yeah i think that would be a good choice for me well i would just recommend the avians i love the stand system you don't have to put in the one stakes that and I haven't had too many of them break. I've had a couple. What do you mean stakes? Like you don't wait. Have... Are you talking pullout stands or are you talking stakes? The pullout stands. Oh, that's all right. What Not... I like about them, they collapse. They must into have them. You improved know, to... that then. Yeah, I mean, I have a couple that have popped out or whatever, but literally of the, I don't remember how many I have, but I think there's only two that are that don't work oh, i've had good. them for a couple of years now so and i'm not <laughs> nice on my stuff so no and the ones i'm think the ones i had at too many breaks or i didn't have them i i uh i was running them with the guide service and there was just too many of them breaking but you know mm. what happens over years is uh companies try to improve their products normally so <laughs> right right <laughs> like, i mean I hopefully can say, they oh they break all the time like yeah they did seven fucking years ago nick J. so yeah um, i mean I, I, they're you know you can pick them up easy they look good you don't have to fuck with you know stakes or ring bases it's it's you grab one decoy and set it down you know it's not a two-person project which is nice yeah and and also i think the griping about breaking decoys is uh it that I, even though i was just doing it it drives me fucking insane <laughs> you, the, like what are people saying like what do i gotta do take out these ring bases and weld them when they come out of the box right yes yeah if you yes, have to <laughs> you, you fucking do unless you want them to break right like like we are all aware of the weak points on decoys you can see countless people bitching about this or that that's been a mm -hmm. failure point of that decoy so if you know that's a failure point fucking handle it right <laughs> like, yeah yeah if you're well, bitch if you knew it beforehand and still are bitching about it. Whose fault is that? Yeah, I, I modified my avian lessers to make them because the one thing I hated about those and any like stake system decoy, full body decoy, is it's such a pain in the butt to like if you have to move the spread or, or whatever, you know, they didn't have or tail loops. On. Why don't ground. they have tail loops on it? So I just took oh, yeah. I took an hour or two or whatever in my garage and I added tail loops to every single one of my lessers and it's amazing. That's like, much better. So, much so your easier. fingers are. You look down, you got like 30 decoys on your hand, exactly. and your fingers are all purple. Like, yeah, oh boy. <laughs> I love it. That's, that's that awesome. one's almost piano wire amputated. <laughs> <laughs> but it works great. I mean, it works it so good. 
It's and, like and I don't know why that's not a standard thing on on full body decoys right now. If you're buying three dozen, four dozen, or whatever plus new decoys, buy the replacement parts with them. That should be a part of your sure. order. Yeah. One thing I really look like there's people attest to how durable Bigfoots are. That's true for like sun fading, but they break just about as much as any other decoy in the world. The reason I love Bigfoots is because how easy the replacement parts are, you know, a part breaks. Okay, I'm not unscrewing a motion cone. I'm right. I'm ripping off these broken feet, throwing them in the trash, zippity doo dah back in the trailer with some new feet on it. I've got feet stacked up in the shed you know where i i have the replacement parts whenever a decoy breaks i usually put it in the cab of the truck with me so when i get home i take it out take off the broken part install the new part done deal i don't have to bitch online about it i can i can fix my decoy faster than i can make a post right yeah i mean it's (laughs) yeah i mean you're not wrong i mean that's i never am I mean, you go with what you can. Well, I don't know about that. What you you go with, you go with what you can afford, obviously, um, and then you have to like what's important to you is is are more but less real decoys important to you, or do you want less more real decoys, and then find your sweet spot for value wise, and then just and then just go with that with what you and, can afford i think i think size also plays a, a big role when we're talking about adding like large spreads um size and weight um look up how much the decoys weigh i mean yeah, multiply sure. that by 150 like you you're talking about a lot of additional weight in your trailer or if in your cart or whatever you're well i whatever think that's doing. why silhouettes blew up is because you could they blew up because of the price point yeah the price point and you know it's they they look good you know the the new modern printing or whatever they have, you know, actually look like corrugated. Uh, yeah, corrugated. It looks like real geese. I can put a shit ton of them out there. I can carry five dozen in a bag on my shoulder. Let's go. But I think Outlaw used to make some corrugated plastic. They're called Jenny veins back in like the '90s, and it's amazing to me why they never blew up. But it's because of their stakes. I mean, like corrugated plastic decoys aren't a new thing, but that U-shaped stake is yeah. what made them actually usable. Right. That's an offshoot. Yeah. But I mean, um, but, I, but, but I was also like mentioning size. Like I would, I, if I got a trailer and I'm hauling that thing 40 miles or less away from home, I want to fill it with Bigfoots and squeeze every single drop of air out of it with polyethylene Bigfoot decoys. <laughs> if I've got a trailer that I might be, uh, um, trying to plan some trips, maybe a 10, 15 hour drive over into another location. No, I don't want that thing filled with 11 dozen Bigfoots. You know, I maybe want like 30 dozen smaller decoys plus a locker room, plus room for an ATV, plus, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, sure, so, right. So now, now I'm going to start looking into like more a smaller body decoy, like a, a, um, a Dave Smith Lesser or a Dave Smith Cackler is what, what I would go with. <laughs> if money but, was um, no object. No, yeah, no. I'm, uh, but like a, <laughs> uh, like the avian, the avian Lessers yeah, that don't avian have. Lessers, yeah. Something that doesn't have a field stand already attached to it is going to be a tremendous space saver. Well, what are you, you know, if you've already got 11 dozen Bigfoots, maybe look into like, all right, well, we want to start taking trips. Maybe we should start getting some smaller decoys, even just to mix in, because now we can cut half of the room. I mean, you literally can like double your decoy count and then add all that extra stuff into a trailer just by reducing your decoy yeah, size. Yeah, because I think when I when I went and I got my 
my avian spread. I got two dozen. Yeah, it was two dozen full size, and then I got another two dozen lessers, I believe. And yeah, the lessers take so much less space. Mm-hmm. And um, even I used to do have a um, a rig I'd call the um, the truck bed the truck bed spread. Because I didn't use a trailer for it. It was 48 of the old Green Ed Gear Lessers and um, six of the Lookers that I just threw in for extra visibility because those 48 were pretty small. Man, I took trips with that, like where we didn't take a trailer. I could put all 40 or uh, it was 56 total decoys or 54 total decoys and, uh, you know, three, two or three layout blinds in there and a couple buds. Me and Joe would hop in the truck, drive to Kansas like. We did some really successful trips that way because I had that tool. Right. And we did it affordably, you know, you get a shitty motel and um, split some gas and you're getting 14 miles a gallon. And it's, it's all of a sudden like feasible to do these little weekend, Mm -hmm. uh, weekend trips. I mean, you can get a Missouri non-resident license for one day for like 26 bucks. Like lots of States are doing these cheap licenses and, um, there's a lot of options opening up. So do you have the tools to capitalize on these opportunities and what tools, just an honest assessment of what tools do you have and what can you foresee in the future that might, that might benefit you? You know, that's why I have, I got socks, I got silhouettes, I got shells. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I got a bunch of different stuff. And as far as like filling in, if you want to, you know, want to run a big spread, you know, silhouettes are great. The socks are great. I I have some white rock, socks i got the 3d heads on them i really like those i think they look good you know what um, else is great sleeper shells sleeper shells are great fuck I don't, yeah i man. don't like them as much as my buddies do they have a little bit of a i, I think it's bordering on a uh, like what would be the like a penchant or it's like a, a taboo or they're a little they're a little too i don't know what i don't know what they're trying they love them to. or what they love them I I like them a lot because like I would I'd keep them in my Bigfoot trailer spread because if I'm putting out that many decoys we're gonna put them all out and they really add some numbers fast and I people oh geese don't feed out here okay well show me the next flock that flares because we're fucking using them right yeah <laughs> right. you know like, um they look more realistic than a silhouette uh, that's for sure and geese do sleep out in feed fields all the time yeah they do. But um, they really look good. You, on the but ice. it is my it is my pet peeve when somebody's got like seventeen hundred sleeper shells and they only use them in the snow. Ah, uh, sure. Like how many times you you bought all those decoys to use them four times a year? Right. It's a pain in the ass to set fucking eight hundred anything. <laughs> That's true. It's <laughs> a true statement. So unless you're hunting twenty dudes, I mean, but. Like if you got that many sleeper shells, use them. Use yeah, them on we throw September them migrator days. We do use them on your feeds. Yeah, <laughs> we do. But they do add. They do. They stack. They add. I mean, some of them are good. The ones that just stack, those are great. The ones that you have to like put heads on, those suck. There's yeah, a whole another yeah, yeah. step that you should not like a, have to do. It's like a staked decoy. Yeah, it's like this doesn't save me anything. One of those one piecers with five pieces on it. With that said, I've had these things have held up. I've had these. I got some of the, the GHGs. Fully flocked, oversized shells, and they they have the heads that come off or whatever. It's just, that part's a little bit of a pain. I zip tied mine, yep. But man, do they? I mean, they they held up. I mean, I, right. I st- I've had these things for twenty years. 
Um, they look great. And, the flocking you know, is still on them. They look awesome. Decoys these days, too, are incredibly durable. That's why I say Bigfoot's no more durable than any other brand, and that's mostly true. I mean, even the, I kind of went on a crusade like two years back, like people were shit talking those final approach decoys. And I think those things have a uh, super cool um, carving. Like they've got a great carving and the paint scheme is pretty damn sexy. If you ask me, like the colors they're using, some nice rich browns. And mm-hmm. But every time somebody bring them up online, they just get bashed. I started private messaging people, send me pictures of your fucked up decoys. And people wouldn't. I'm like, what is this just your buddy said this or you saw somebody else saw this online and then i hunted over a spread in colorado of like 15 dozen of them and a few of them had snap ring bases a couple of them had some paint chipping off off the sides where they got smushed on a trailer wall somewhere mm-hmm. but totally normal wear and tear and then at one of those dudes that i private message sent me a picture of some fucked up ones i was like all right that's bad <laughs> like paint <laughs> like paint falling off and he's like oh final approach like uh you know they replaced him for me i was like all right <laughs> yeah well i got i ordered a box of dakota floaters and when i got them i opened them up and i'm like what the hell they're all they were all looked like leucistic geese they had like this really subdued i was like something this isn't right and i you know took pictures of and emailed the guy and and uh, he's like, "Holy crap! What the heck?" He's like, "Pack them up. I'll send them. Send them back. I'll send you, you know, new ones, or whatever." So he he did, and he's probably more pissed off about it than you were. Oh, I guarantee you, he was. He was like, he's like, "Yeah, something didn't." Was that what, Bill Wilroth? Yeah, and so what he's happened? A good dude. Yeah, he was really good dude, and and took care of it like right. I was like, speedy delivery came. They took the old. They dropped off the new box. Took the old box. Like it was perfect. Like hands off. I didn't have really have to do shit. And what it turned out to be was just there was a step missed, like the final step, the clear coat or whatever, that actually kind of makes all them colors pop out. Because, like, if you got it wet, you would see the, the colors would pop out look normal. But as soon as it dried, it went right back to – because at first I was like, are these covered in a in dust or something? I'm like, what is going on? This is really weird. And, yeah, they just – they didn't get that final paint coat or whatever. Hmm. But it seemed – I think like- it was a rare a – rare occasion he hadn't really heard of it happening to anybody else yeah yay me I mean, yeah. <laughs> you, you can't put your eyes on every box that comes out of china right that's exactly right uh, he made it right so it didn't cost me anything extra no no bill yeah i like bill i like those old dakotas too um the ones that they're, they're ginormous those kind of the carving i think is not attractive on like the uh, old original dakota decoys mm-hmm. But I think they are an effective decoy, like a very effective decoy. Um, and oh, here's one thing too: I, I would look out for if you're in the market for a smaller body decoy for a good deal. These new DOAs that are coming out, there's going to be so many pro staffers and shit selling their <laughs> old, selling their old small body. What are they oh, called? Okay. The Rogue series, you know? Sure. Like, yeah. There's going to be a lot of those up for sale for a good price. I bet coming up this season because the new mods are coming out. Yeah, everybody's going to be um, upgrading, or as I call it, sacrificing. Sac- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Guess those are the good deals to look for, for sure. I need, I need to get a... That's the one spread I've ever sold in my life, was that 54 uh, truck bed spread. And I, I sold them, and... Uh, fuck, do I regret that, man. I've never sold anything... For hunting, except for those and my ice eater, I don't regret the ice eater. 
Mm. I'm pretty happy but, with the spread that I got right now. If I if I were to add anything, would be more floaters. Yeah, DSD is coming out with floater. Are they? And they have a financing program. Are <laughs> <laughs> we sponsored by DSD too? Almost, kind of, sort of. Nah, I was kind of thinking about being sponsored by Dakota for this episode. Yeah, there you go. I should be sponsored Bill, by. Bill's been Avian. a super, super dope dude about like. Uh, donating to contests and uh, giving back to the community so i mean if you guys haven't looked into dakota decoys they're a sponsor of this episode (laughs) 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 and uh you know tell them you heard tell them thanks for sponsoring the show send bill wilroth an email say hey you know yeah we heard you guys are making awesome decoys and uh giving back to the community and thank you know thanks for sponsoring the We'll skill up to a waterfall Wednesday, and I'll be like, "What the fuck is that?" I've never heard of her. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. No, but I, we, I would, no, I would ahead. probably add, I would double my spread if I could, for only one reason, and I wouldn't use them all at once. So just to have multiple spreads, if hopefully if I get enough bookings down the road where I can start running multiple spreads. Are you trying to do, do waterfall guide service stuff? Yeah, I did a little Dude. bit last fall. Yeah, a little bit. Dude, you know, I probably even shouldn't say this on air. You know what Minnesota needs, dude? Like, and I think you could definitely be extremely successful at this since you're a fisherman. Lug- luxury <laughs> boat hunts, dude. Luxury boat hunts. Luxury boat hunts, dude. Like, a sick waterfall boat. Like oh, sure, yeah. And then you're just cooking bacon in it. Mm-hmm. You have $0 in lease amounts because you're hunting public waters. Right. And then you could just do, like, uh, hunts from uh, opening time till 11 a.m., bacon and eggs included. Like, dude. You could do a cast you have and a, blast. You have a, and you could do a cast and blast, yeah. And that's something that would be up your alley. But you could have, like, a, a, a time of day that your your work shift ends every day you know i'm Mm -hmm. off at 11 you know you're gonna attract a customer that's there for the novelty of hunting out of a super sick boat getting breakfast and you're knowledgeable about lakes and you could at least kill fucking four ruddy ducks you know (laughs) (laughs) oh i think it'd be sick i think it'd be awesome to have a really kick-ass boat with a nice you know pop-up blind on it and yeah like you said have you know have the camps of in there cook some breakfast have a nice surface drive motor big pro drive on the back and That'd be that'd be tight, but that's also a lot be, of money. But you know, dude, yeah, but there's loans. <laughs> there are loans. And um, another thing, since it uh, since you'd be hunting so much or pretty much all public land, would be uh, I would uh, just do like weekdays, mm. like Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, maybe. I just don't know how much actual clientele you to get midweek i mean oh, unfortunately well, most people have solid. monday through friday jobs not people that fly in to do awesome minnesota luxury boat hunts true but well, they have, most people have vacation too you know yeah how many people travel to minnesota to duck hunt though uh quite a few people from the south that want to get an early start on their season right and with canada probably being closed this year I would look into the Mobile, Alabama Sportsman's Expo and get yourself a booth. There you go. That's probably what a person would have to do. No, for sure. Not, yeah. Dude, you'd be fully booked. It's it's such a good idea. <laughs> it's such a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I would do it if I knew anything about boating 
or lakes well, or water here's, or safety uh, on the water. I will hopefully be getting my actual captain's license the first week of June. So No shit. Yeah. Dude, that opens up the Mississippi River. That opens up federal waters. That's, like, yeah, Malax. That's huge, dude. Yeah, Malax, Lake Superior. Is Malax federal? Malax is, yeah. So there's, yeah, it is. It's, it's covered under the Coast Guard. It didn't used to be, and you didn't used to have, like, I guess it was always a rule you were supposed to have a captain's license on, you know, border waters and federal waters and that. But they'd never really enforce it. And then one year they announced, like, okay, we're actually going to start enforcing this now. So here's your grace period. Go get your license if you guide on these waters, blah, 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 blah. And most of them make sense to me, right? Mississippi, St. Croix, Minnesota. I can travel the country literally on this waterway. Makes sense. Rainy River into the, you know, the Great Lakes, all that makes perfect sense. Border waters. And then they throw Malax in there. I was like, what? Hmm. That's not connected to anything. I mean, it is via the Rum River, but you can't. Unless you're in a canoe or a kayak, you are not going You are not going from Mille Lacs to the Mississippi River. Well, dude, if you were, if you had a captain's license, then I would only guide on Mille Lacs because the only competition that you could possibly have are other people with captain's license. Yeah, it would be – and I but get some layout boats and just do that because those be giant sick. rafts that are out there are ridiculous. No shit. I didn't. Yeah. I don't even know that. But dude, there's video. I have to look for it and share it with you. Sometime. If you start that, I will be your client. <laughs> I would love to do that. Maybe I'm just thinking it's such a great idea because it's something I want to do because I'm so ignorant about boats well, and I've never really hunted out of. Honestly, a you're probably boat. not wrong. I I think I would probably have a little niche market because I totally. probably isn't a bunch of okay. waterfall guides that do have a captain's license. Name me a guide service anywhere in the country that uh, you could go and hunt out of a super dope boat and they'd cook you breakfast right now. One of them. <laughs> I don't know any off the top of my head. Okay, no. now, na- now <laughs> name name me 50 guide services you could go hunt field geese with. Right, yeah, exactly. You, you know, like, um, I just, I think it would be cool. I, it there's be not, cool. It's, there's nobody serving the market and there's there's triple the amount of duck hunters in this country than there are goose hunters. Yeah, true. Well, something I'll have to look into, I guess. We'll see. Uh, I've been trying to talk uh, Cody Hines into doing that, too. He's been doing a little, I think it's, he calls it like Ripple River Guide Service. I've been trying to ch- like just convince him for three years to do this because I want to be his client. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I was but telling you earlier, alone, I, do have, much... I do have a wood duck hunt pretty much booked already. Pick how much that do you think it, how much do these season. boats cost? Oh, I think you're for something really nice with a pro right, like a pro Gervonta, you're looking at thirty grand. That's it. That's it. <laughs> no, I mean like something where like the clients show up and they're like, Holy yeah. fuck, this is cool a, as shit. Yeah, you get like, a yeah, click the boat. heaters on, boys. You get click a, the heaters on nice and you know, have a sweet... boat and blind and a big what's ass the, pro drive. What's the maximum? Like, all right, we're gonna pimp this thing out. <laughs> like we're on MTV. Like, what, what kind of a crazy price tag would it cost to have just the coolest boat anybody's ever seen or ever dreamed of hunting in? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You'd have to. I mean, you could pimp it out pretty good. Do it. <laughs> I mean, these things are sick. Yeah, I would get a War Eagle. I'm pretty sure they're pretty nice. I'm looking at them online right now. 
pretty nice. Actually, yeah, I just looked at the wildfowl that came yesterday, and it's the boat issue. So now I'm paging through that, trying to get you ideas oh, so I can book up. Anytime a, a website <laughs> says request a price, I get scared. <laughs> that means so it's here's more a, than four hundred dollars. Yeah, here's a 2017 mm-hmm. War Eagle. 2170 Blackhawk for 31,685 and that doesn't That's have without a, a motor? No, it has a motor, but it's not a surface drive. It's a big giant Mercury. But would you need a surface axle. drive out on the Lax? No, you on the Lax you probably thing. wouldn't even want a surface drive, but it would open me up to be able to also hunt rivers if I wanted to hunt mm. Mississippi and don't get into some a, of those back backwater spots. Don't you need nice. like one of the jet the jet motor things? Nah. I think you'd be better off with a with the surface drive than a than what a are the, jet boat. What are the jets? Those for well, jets jet are great, for... but they're not great in like weeds or mud. I heard they're for rocks. Yeah, they're great for that. You can go. I mean, whatever your boat drafts, if it's three inches, you can go over three inches. I mean, full speed. Don't have to worry about. Okay, nothing. I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this Gator Tracks boats Gator Camp. It's a, it's a fucking pit on a platform and it says it's ten and a half foot by six foot cockpit is roomy looks like you could probably it looks like you could hunt four dudes in there so you plus three clients um $14,580 GatorTracksBoat.com that looks sweet yeah, this episode meandered around <laughs> it did but what else is now we always try to have a we tried for three sentences to have a topic. I think we did pretty good on this one. The thing is, yeah, you got to really kind of, now I'm looking at boats. Like, you really got to kind of make up your mind if you want the the flat bottom surface drive thing because you don't want that on Malax. You're going to want a deep V, something that can handle waves. So get two boats. You have to have two boats. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> this is getting more expensive, Nick. I don't know Not when I'm going to be able to. <laughs> Not when you hire a guy that has a captain's license and you're running both of them every day. Now you just made more money. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, you got to spend money to make money, Dale, and I'm going to be your first client. It would be fun. I think it could definitely be done. And then I got to get some layout boats, too. I got to get those. Marsh Rat, the ultimate layout boat, $689 factory direct. MarshRat.com. We're solving problems. Marsh boat? Marsh Raft, the ultimate layout boat, light, tough, stable, paddles easy, toes great, factory direct, six eighty nine each. Six eighty nine. It's right it's... in the back of Wildfowl magazine. Oh, boom! There you go. Huh? Then I can hear my dog wigging out upstairs. All right, well let's wrap this one up. That was that was fun. It was kind of how to, but got into decoys, then into boats, and then into a brand new business plan. Need some. I need. What are those like? Uh, what are those people that just like invest in companies, angel investors or whatever they're called? They're just like, hey, we like your company. Here's fifty grand to get started. I need one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if any of those guys are listening, <laughs> hit me up. Let's, Man, let's go. I think that's called a banker, and you're just like, <laughs> hey, I need thirty grand for this duck boat, and they're like, that plan kicks ass. I want to book with you. <laughs> <laughs> and you got your loan, sir. Could make some pretty sick, sick videos. What do you mean, video? Oh, dude, water videos are trash. <laughs> water videos are trash. <laughs> no, but like, just go down south and just pimp it out. Have a pimp boat. You're attracting all these southern gentlemen, oil tycoons, 
that want to start hunting in uh, late September, early October, that's that's two months early for them. They take time off and do that all the time. Sure. Uh, Imagine imagine the mindset of a person who's living down south and your duck season starts around Thanksgiving and you're watching ducks and geese on your social media get murdered every year starting September 1. Yeah, I do think that's what needs to be. I would have to actually get a booth at a at a sports show that's i i think i need to do that now just to book my fishing clients like i mean i think I it's mean, the only way to do it i think you'd only have to do it at a sports show you'd probably be fully booked after the just that one maybe, maybe. even just one day there maybe by lunch there you go <laughs> maybe by lunch <laughs> <laughs> like you just clean up and go home like well i'm done all right peace out guys sweet thanks mobile alabama (laughs) well and i'm actually a pretty good cook so i could cook more than just your normal bacon and eggs i could i could prepare some bomb ass meals dude you you had me sold already you don't need to keep talking i'm I'm booking already (laughs) you know my breakfast potatoes are pretty legendary not gonna lie no shits fucking hey man no this needs to happen it might be good to have a good dog too in that scenario. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, and I don't have one, so that would have that's a whole nother endeavor. Yeah, I'd just buy one. Like if I ever had to get a dog, I'd just buy a three year old that doesn't shit on my floor. Yeah, fully trained. Now you're looking Fuck at yeah. more thousands of dollars. Cheaper than raising one. <laughs> <laughs> and you doesn't still shit have on my to floor. Have it. <laughs> this loan just keeps getting bigger and bigger. I don't know whose side well, you're on here. What does it matter when you find that Elon Angel invest, investor? Yeah, exactly. And so you're still going to be the first client. You've increased my expenses, and your price hasn't gone up. This is bullshit. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> my price gone up, dude? I think you should get a lodge too, and then just start asking, do like three day package prices on this. I think like seventeen fifty is a good starting point. <laughs> there you go. Just pack the lodge, and then we'll have top shelf liquor and Cuban cigars. We can do this. We can make this. Well, a now thing. you're up to twenty. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in at twenty four hundred for a three day. <laughs> <laughs> you look at what it costs to go to Canada. It's fucking eight grand, dude. Now we're in. Now I can start getting those oil tycoons up here. They're, they're more about the hanging out and telling dirty jokes and drinking good whiskey than they are killing anything. You know what I call those? Good clients. Exactly. One hundred percent. I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> All right, man. Well, yeah, let's sign up. Thank you very much, Boss Ammunition, for sponsoring the show. If uh, you haven't bought your case of Boss and you're shooting steel, you're an unethical piece of shit. Wow. That is so No, I'm just, so I'm just kidding. You just don't care about ducks and geese. You're just kidding, but you're, <laughs> you're, kidding, but you're not, really. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just buy a no, box. Check just into buy it. No, a box. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm getting. I'm getting some, and I'm gonna actually pattern them, and I'm gonna find something that instills <laughs> great confidence, great success. And uh, all right, just buddy. Stick with it. I'll chat with you later. Bye, dude. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Spend your Saturdays with life on the water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. Wow. Oh, oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss Life on the Water every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. <laughs> the destination for outdoor entertainment.